0: Not even as Black Widow looks like Phil Noto. This is this is this is awful. What a bad person. Hey Dan. Oh, hey, so who are you? Who are you
1: talking about? Who are you looking at? there?
0: Well, I don't want to name names, but <laughs> I was just
1: looking at the Tumblr,
0: and there's this guy who has a style of comic art that is very, very, very similar to the comic artist Phil Noto. I mean, you know, Phil Noto is,
1: is notable for such titles as.
0: Right now, the ongoing Black Widow, he does a lot of, uh, alternate covers. Um, but right now he's doing Black Widow. Okay. And if you go, if you go look at Phil, just go Google Phil Noto and you'll know his style instantly. Right. Yeah. So this guy, he draws like Phil Noto. And then the crazy thing turns out, Phil Noto has this distinctive way of signing his things where he uses like a typewriter font uh-huh. at turn to 90 degrees and it just says Noto. This guy even signs his name the, the same, same way. way. Anyway, is this the show?
1: This is a show. I mean, it could be. We could do it. How you doing, man? Pretty good. It's a, it's a Monday, which is mm. weird. Yeah. Got you on yeah, a Monday? Yeah, it is weird. It is weird. I, I uh, thank you for doing
0: it today. Um, And uh, we're not going to stream this. It's just you and me talking.
1: Yeah, I mean, we can stream it when, right now, the, the DLC show is going on. But as soon as that's done, I can hit start and people will just, no, no. they'll just get yeah. it.
0: They'll just get it. But who who would know to listen? Well, we'll tweet it out. Hmm. All right. Phil Noto. Phil yeah. Phil Rizzuto.
1: Phil so Rizzuto. He's the money store? <laughs> I think so. He used to walk out, they would they would sort of roll him out and he'd <laughs> and he'd see he'd be uh he'd, oh, look, it's Phil Rizzuto. I Did think he was, used to play for the Yankees? Was it just a was that just a Florida thing? Was it just Florida that that had the Phil Rizzuto It's one of those
0: ads like uh 2300 Empire that I associate with basic cable commercials. Yeah. I think yeah. it was the it wasn't it like they would cash checks or some something like that for you. Well, they name like the money store. It's got to be legit. Yeah. Oh yeah. I bet. You know what? Let's find out more about the money store. <laughs> I, I, let's make that today's today's <laughs> special topic. today's today's topic. Uh, we're gonna do a deep dive on the money store. No fee loans. <laughs> no fee is in quotes. <laughs> got reverse mortgages, and you can get. Uh, oh yeah. There's lots of stock art on this page. Not a single Phil Noto on Phil Rizzotto. I sent you a link. Go follow that link, and you'll see Phil Noto. He draws a lot of uh, women. Oh yeah, he draws a cute Jean Grey. So anyway, that's new. Um, How's your health?
1: How's everything going with your health? <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, this is Phil Rizzotto. Phil uh, uh, Noto. You know him? I know the I know the work because of you. I, I remember the Batgirl and others. Oh yeah, and
0: yeah. The, oh yeah, and also that uh, he does a nice uh, young Jean Grey. Yeah. Dale kind of has similar looking eyes yeah. i haven't I got to catch up on his black widow, but I hear great things about it um, you know i'm enjo- I'm enjoying that Marvel Unlimited oh, you're into that now I'm way into it, um, because wow, yeah, I feel looking. like we haven't talked about comics in forever. no, no, I mean the, our reputation has really um it's faltering because people think we talk about comics right. on the show that's not about comics, but we don't actually talk about comics that much. Um, we can fix that starting now. Yeah, let's do that. I don't have that much. I got a little bit of follow up, nothing too particular. That's a good looking Psylocke too. Look at that. Um, I um, I really like it. I, you know what it is? I got really sp- a funny thing happened, which is that I got super into comicsology. Yeah. Through a combination of buying things back in the day, the what I think of as the original version of comicsology where you could buy inside the app. Yeah. So I would, on the one hand, buy a lot of stuff right in the app, but I also really got into. You know how you can hook up your comiXology account with your Marvel account, and you can use the redeem codes from hard copies to to get a copy in comiXology? Yeah, yeah, you know that. Okay. I do know that. I, I didn't know that don't... for a while,
1: but I, I yeah. People it. may not know that. So it's that's a show a great... about helping people, so yep. this would be.
0: But um, I guess a funny series of things. So I was I I could not get too into Marvel Unlimited, partly because I felt so hooked on the Comicsology. Um, you know, the little smart view thing mm-hmm. for looking at a panel at a time, which was much better than Marvel's uh, still is. But then a series of things happened. I started reading. I started buying fewer hard copy comics. I started buying fewer digital comics. Um, Comicsology pulled out the ability to buy inside the app. And I think, I feel like Marvel Unlimited started just adding a lot more old stuff. I think it's a great way to read now. So I've got the account. I think it's $10 a month for all you want to read of their available catalog and it's the newest stuff is about 6 months old which is fine for me that's a great way to like catch up on something yeah
1: you're not so much worried that you're going to miss the issue that just came out you're fine 6 months ago that's fine uh right and that's an access I I, I
0: shouldn't leave off which is that I'm just I'm you know I'm I am officially burned out on crossover stuff and kind of confused by it um but uh so I don't feel like I need to like read every New Avengers, Uncanny AI Academy,
1: yeah. or yeah. whatever. <laughs> just to just to know every detail of what Lockheed has been up.
0: To. Yeah, well, you know, Moisés over on the uh, on the other uh, place does uh, the comic show uh, Giant Size, and mm-hmm. he and John Golson have been doing this ongoing thing about con- about um, crossovers, and it's, it's amazing how many there have been. Even the amount of time that I've been kind of been aware of comics in this current age. It's just it's bananas. I mean, did you read stuff like Dark Reign? Did you read stuff? Did you read Secret War or um, Secret Invasion and stuff like that? No,
1: no. I, you know, I've never really been a fan of the crossover stuff in general, and even even my beloved Spider-Man crossovers um, uh, are, um, you know, I just I find that to be tiresome and troublesome. And we've talked about Secret Wars, the original Secret Wars, here yeah. before. And I really enjoyed that because, for me, that was the time I was really starting to get into, uh, really starting to get into comics, and that was a great way for me to like learn about the other characters and say, oh, right. well, I know Spider Man and like Fantastic Four, and I know, but I, you know, I never really was into the Avengers or what's Thor all about or you know whatever. And it was a neat kind of a gateway, and so I feel like Marvel and is so f- famous for doing all of these crossover events and and making everything is an event everything is about right you know uh everything is about a crossover and it just it does become very tiresome and they'll have the little asterisk and it'll say see issue number 18 of this one or number one of this and you'll get it and you'll be like okay great but when they really leave out big chunks of the plot so that you really it almost feels like you missed a whole issue that you're reading you're like wait a minute this wasn't even addressed in issue number forty-seven, and I'm reading forty-eight, but I feel like I've I, a whole issue has been. I'm, I'm now forced to go and buy this other one in order to understand what's going on. That's just the frustrating. Yeah, it's it too that, frustrating.
0: I guess I should distinguish crossovers versus events, um, but you know, it seems like any more. You know, you walk into the store in a given week if you haven't been there for a couple of weeks, and suddenly there'd be this banner. Like, whether that's across all of the main series. Like, whether that's Original Sin right. or Infinity or, you know. Yeah, and uh, it does kind of feel like a way... Anyway, not to, not to be negative about it, but um, wonder what I'm enjoying right now. You know, I
1: started watching that Walking Dead program on TV. Because my wife watches it, so oh, I started yeah. watching
0: it. I've never...
1: I've, ne- I've seen maybe one episode of that. Is it, some people say that it's it's all just about uh zombies uh, cr- you know like like the the there's not it's more the f- the scariness factor of it of just things j- jumping and and people running and and less of less intellectual if that's if can i use that word in reference to sure. a zombie show <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs>
0: Uh that's funny. Um it is uh well the thing is the zombie I mean I think the conventional wisdom at least through my wife and I've heard other people say this is that yeah it's about zombies but it's really about what happens to the people and how they deal and how this particular group of survivors has evolved and lost people over time and gained people and but the, the, and that's true the more i watch it i mean I do, I look forward to it now in a way I did in a couple months ago. Because, I mean, the bottom line is, it is, especially last night's episode, is just, it's it, it can be one of the most gruesome things you've ever seen in your life. Like, last night's episode was really, really rough. I mean, it had scenes that are like a, like, saw. I mean, really, really deliberately cruel, awful, pornographically violent mm. And so that's the, here's the thing is that like, yeah, on the one hand, yeah, it kind of is about these, these characters cause the zombies aren't characters, the walkers or whatever, but that's always in their pocket. They could always pull out, you know, to kind of jazz up the drama a little bit. There's always just the constant threat of the, the walkers, but yeah, it's a good show. It's very well done. The, the actors are great and, uh, you know, they break your heart left and right. That's, uh, it's, I went back and was rereading the first comic though. It's amazing how different
1: it's such a stylized show from from the comic book. Well, I don't know. I think I've, I've only read a few.
0: I've read some of the first trade and that's it. But, um, I don't know. I'm given to believe that this season
1: they're doing more stuff that's in line. But what have you been reading lately that you like? You know, I I hate to admit it, but I've I've fallen kind of off the bandwagon a little bit of of reading a lot of stuff. I mean, what I used to read so many things, and uh, when the New Fifty Two came out, I had so many titles I was reading. I was really into American Vampire, always reading Spider Man. Now I'm I'm pretty much only reading uh, Spider Man with just one, just the one. Do you comic. Like, did you like the Spider Verse stuff? No. Hmm. Not really. Did you I got read the then? first
0: copy? Well, I'm thinking of going back and reading it. Um, I mean, read it, read it. But it seemed it, it's another seemed, one of
1: those Spider Island kind of like I like. Okay, I liked Spider Island. I thought that was really cool. And yes, New York was destroyed. And yes, every spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> everybody becomes uh, has kind of has spider powers for a little while. And I, I thought that was actually kind of cool. I thought it was interesting. I really, really liked, especially in retrospect. Really, really, really liked superior Spider-Man stuff. Um, But the Spider-Verse thing for me, I don't know. Like, I get that there's different universes and different, you know, Earth-616 and all the other ones. um, But I didn't understand why so many – and you find this out in the first few pages of the first issue of Spider-Verse. I'm not really ruining anything, but a lot of the – so basically, for those who aren't following the Marvel's many universes – and who aren't, who aren't aware of this, there, there are many, many universes, multiverses, if you will, and each one is just a little bit different. So on this one, it's still Peter Parker. He still got bit by a radioactive spider, but instead his uncle Ben lived. And so what, huh. is, what is that world like? And then there's another one where instead of him getting bit, someone else got bit, and all of these variations of it. So you have, you have Spider Ham, who's a pig, you have a spider monkey. You have Peter, Peter Porker. Peter Porker. You have, you know, you've also got um, uh, like, if you remember growing up, you would see Spider-Man and his amazing friends. It was like Spider-Man and Firestar and Iceman were like er, college age roommates that fought crime and hung out together and had a little dog with Aunt May. And like, th- that's actually a, a different earth, a different spider world verse, if you will, that, some of them get killed. Anyway, it's like you know. I don't know. I didn't feel like it was. It, it did. It didn't do very much for me. I just kind of wanted it to be over with.
0: Hmm. There's um, one pick,
1: where where uh, uh, Peter Parker gets a power cosmic and is essentially the Silver what? Surfer. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Weird stuff.
0: I picked up the uh, the Gwen Stacy
1: one, and that looked pretty good. Um, That one has been getting a lot of uh, positive attention. I I plan to start reading that one.
0: Well, and I, and I just got the trade collecting the first um, superior foes of Spider-Man, which Mm -hmm. was supposed to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Everybody said, if you like Hawkeye, that's a, that's a good one. Oh yeah. Um, but, you know, the nice thing about the Marvel Unlimited is like if you get it's, it's, it's kind of like a more protracted cheapskate version of trade waiting, because mm-hmm. if you can wait six months, it's all on there. And right. th- they've also gotten better about the taxonomy on there where you can go in and like see stuff from an event, which is something that I don't think comiXology does well unless you're getting a collection. Uh-huh. But you can go in and see all the stuff kind of, mostly in order. Like if you go to Civil War, it'll, you'll see there's, you know, Captain America 25. No spoilers. Um but um yeah, I don't know. I've got to say, I'm a lot happier since I relax and stop trying to keep up. And uh, except for when I'm complaining about it on uh, a popular podcast, I'm not actually thinking that much about what frustrates me about comics, right, and so right. I'm enjoying it a lot more. Um, so that's that's a good thing. And you know, I mean, look, it's it, well. The nice thing about this is, like, and, and gosh, I don't want to say anything that would make anybody not want to go spend money at their local comic shop because that's how the industry stays alive. It is really, it, I mean, comes it, down. Do
1: you think that, the, that we'll get to a point, like when you look at the music and I know where you are going. I, well, I think I know where you're going with this, but if you, if you think about where the music industry has gone, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know where it, or if there is a music store around, except for what, like Waterloo records, which is like the famous one here in, in, in Austin. Other than that, I don't know where I would go to buy physical music music it's all itunes spotify pandora that's the way the industry at google play store i suppose amazon music store whatever yeah there's a lot different about that though i think i mean
0: um i agree with you i mean I youtube even to watch the latest video yeah but i mean it's i think i think it's almost always been the case that even in a time when records did sell i think you could still send copies back mm-hmm. like you could tear the cop to the front of a magazine and send it back. You could send back, you know, you could still, even like in the famous case of the KISS solo records, they deliberately overshipped way mm-hmm. more than they knew they'd ever sell because they because before SoundScan, that's how they recorded sales. And But you know, then you have it in cutout. And if you cut out the tabs, I guess, you anyway, long story short, I think it's pretty different on a variety of levels with comics. One is I don't think Diamond takes back inventory. So you have a gamble. The, Diamond, the by the way, is a,
1: this comic book distributor that sends yeah. all of the comics to all so, of the So you got,
0: well, you've got, uh, let's say, for just hypothetically, you've got Marvel. Right. And Marvel has a title coming out. It's going to be... Um, The Uncanny Marvel Man is coming out. So you see it in solicitations, you see people mentioning it, and apparently, there's. I am may angle this a little bit, but I think the way it works is several months before, or a few weeks before, you have an opportunity to order a certain number of those for your store. So you have to guess. You've got to just gauge, like, how popular is this thing going to be? Will we be able to sell these through? Because if you don't, you're going to have to sell them for whatever you can get for them. Uh, First a buck, and then probably a quarter or whatever. But, you know, and then on the other hand, you know, so I think there's a chance to to order... You know early ish, and then I think you get one more shot to update your order, something like three or four weeks before it actually ships but that's that's the point when the when the uh publishers and the artists and the writers are really hustling, especially for an independent title as I'll talk about in a second. But even with the Marvel title, like you still, like what that first thing sells is going to be a huge indicator of what happens in the future. And you really want that first issue to sell really well because if they sell out of them, then they're going to be more inclined to buy the next time. If they have five extra copies of this supposedly popular comic, you see how this goes. Yeah. So it's one thing to have, you buy ten copies of this comic book, you buy ten copies of that comic book. Well, pretty soon, do the math on that, you could have potentially dozens or hundreds of leftover comics every week that you're stuck with now. So there's a real calculus that deciding how many to order. Um, and then that becomes even more complex in the case of certain uh, you know, artist-creator-owned stuff like inside of Image. So if you're going to put out a new Image book, uh, you could potentially be on the hook for those extra... Um, for those extra copies yourself. Like you could end up like if if they get they get overordered, that kind of that could kind of end up coming out of your pocket apparently. Like there's just all kinds of weird stuff to this. And so the reason I say all of this is that like if you really want a comic to succeed, like get all your friends to pre-order it. That is the way. The way, I mean, digital is still kind of a just a blip compared to comic s- shops apparently. But in any case, that's what comic shops order is what succeeds. I mean, you know, what I'm saying? you know what I'm saying? And if you have to do a second printing, that's a great sign. But, you know, so I wouldn't want to do anything that hurts local comic shop sales. I just can't, I can't do it anymore. It's just too expensive and too guilt-inducing for me. But, you know, and, and then I think when you look at something, I'm going to just guess something yeah. like Marvel Unlimited. I bet that's more like the kind of money you make from streaming. Like, that's like Spotify-type money, I bet. Right. I, don't th- I doubt they see a lot of money out of what what people read in an all you can eat service. But, you know, the truth is for me, and, and here's the irony like, so, like, let's say you go, oh, that infinity thing, I heard that was good. So, what are you going to do? Are you going to read every issue like I did? Try, try to buy every issue in the whole crossover, you know, event? Well, I still have tons of comics sit, sitting there unread. Whereas today, I could go to the library or I could go to Marvel Unlimited. If I go to the library, I can just go borrow a copy of the giant event book like every book from that will be in a trade paperback a big trade paperback yeah so i mean i don't know i mean we've got a library like almost across the street from our house so like we order a lot of stuff through interlibrary loan to get there and it's a great way to read and so the irony is if you have this giant event i'm much more inclined now to wait until it comes out in a book isn't that awful well, no, I mean, I don't think it is. I think there's something... You can, you can spend 60 bucks trying to keep up. I mean, think yeah. about that. Like, you figure there's, what, six to 12 $4 comics just in the main series, plus any of the, the tie-ins and all that kind of stuff, and all the, like, individual titles. You go, oh, no, you got to go read Amazing Spider-Man, whatever, to go catch up on this.
1: I don't know. I'm sorry. That really didn't go anywhere, did it? No. I mean, I think it does because what we're really talking about is kind of this bigger picture of what are we going to be doing when it comes to reading this kind of stuff in another year or two. Are we all going to be reading it, you know, on our watches? Probably not. But like, <laughs> no. But your but your your
0: point is like you're exactly on point, which is that like in the same way that the music industry blew up a couple times, like what 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 I wonder what will happen. With comics, I think one likely thing to have happen, at least inside of Marvel and DC, Mm -hmm. is you're going to see more and more giant stuff related to the movies. So, like, you know, it's all about
1: it's all about the movies now, especially Marvel, you know, getting Spider-Man back, for example, all of the, you know, crossovers into the different movies. Oh, well, Spider-Man is going to be in the next Avengers film because he can be. And, you know, all of all of this kind of push that we have, it's so clear how movies are responsible now for so much of the revenue, so much uh, of of the, the the money that comes in and flows through this stuff. That
0: well, it's definitely the catalyst. I mean, yeah, I, it, it's you know what I mean. Like, I'm not putting this well, but like with something like Guardians of the Galaxy, oh, like yeah. how, to, to to what extent did. Uh, individual or... To what extent did comic books lead to that movie being popular? Well, not really at all. <laughs> they were pretty... Not of super obscure characters, but it's not something that a lot of people read all the time over the last 20 years. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so... But, but then, I mean, like, I have an okay good authority something that I'd heard whispered, then heard discussed, and now a lot of people are talking about, well, why'd they discontinue Fantastic Four? We talked about that mm-hmm. one. Because... Fox owns the rights, not them. You know what I heard? What a bird told me? I heard that's why Wolverine's dead. Really? Well, that basically, and I, I, I still can't even believe I'm saying these words because it sounds so vindictive, that basically they don't want to promote any book that they are not, that that, that is essentially going to be used to promote a, a non-Marvel movie. Hmm. So in that case, again, Fox has the
1: rights to the Wolverine stuff. Anyway. You hate to think that that's... I, 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 That makes perfect sense, but you hate hate to think think that. that. You hate to think that.
0: Well, we talked about this a couple, probably months ago now, but I mean, you know, Fantastic Four was... Say what you will about it now or then or whenever, but I I love Fantastic Four. But that was the comic that kicked off the Silver Age at Marvel, full stop. I mean, it's before Spider-Man. It's before uh, Thor. It's before the Avengers, before any of that. And then to, like, throw that under the bus like that is just, it's gross. But, you know, honestly, honestly, I don't know where it's going to go. People tell me that the comicsology or the digital sales are big, but still, like, not nearly as big as
1: you and I might guess. Hmm. So I don't know. Did you want to tell me about something you like? I'd like to tell you about a company called Squarespace. Actually, you know they were the a couple. Of the their folks uh, were here for South by Southwest. I think they might still be here. Uh, but you may you may remember a young man named Little Ryan.
0: Oh, little little Ryan. He's grown so fast, Dan.
1: He's all grown up now, and he has he's a, got a, big boy pants. He's got a big boy haircut now. Huh. He's cut all of his luxurious locks, and he's are a, you kidding? No, he had kidding. crazy hip New York guy hair. I know he did. It's crazy. It's gone wow. though. It's all gone. And he's he, all he's got now is like regular boy a boy haircut, you know, like he's ready to go to, to school. It happens so fast. It does. They grow up so fast. It's crazy. He's uh, he's up to my uh up to my shoulders now. Oh you can and, still pick him up though? Yeah, I mean you can still hold him. Yeah. Pretty soon he's gonna want to spend all his time with his friends. <laughs> I know. It sucks. Driving him to scouts. <laughs> <laughs> so he he's here and uh he's talking all about uh Squarespace. Which is uh, this amazing platform for making a website? It's uh, they've got a brand new. It's still new. It's a couple months old, but that doesn't make it not new. Uh, it's Squarespace Seven. If you want to learn more about Squarespace Seven, you go to their website, squarespace.com/slash seven spelled out. But what they did is they they redid the entire interface so that it's even easier. To use because now when you're going you're creating the web pages, making you know posts and adding graphics. It's all integrated. So now there's just this little sidebar that comes out, so you can like edit the page in real time without having to switch back and forth between I'm looking at a an admin dashboard. Oh, now I'm looking at the website. It all happens right there in one place, and it's it's you know we we've, we've called it the holy grail, and it is the holy grail of of web design. Beautiful design, twenty four seven support via live chat and email, and it's, it's only eight bucks a month. And if you sign up for a year, mm-hmm. you get a free domain name and all of the sites that they create with their beautiful templates that you make on their uh, responsive design, their adaptive design. So you can go in and, uh, and you can create your site, tweak it, little sliders and everything to customize it, change it, pretty much everything without doing any HTML and CSS. And then you go and you look at it on your iPhone, even your, uh, your fancy six plus, your San Francisco iPhone, mm-hmm. and it'll look great. It'll look beautiful. And then you can look at the same thing on your computer. It'll look great. It'll look great everywhere. So you start your trial. You don't have to give them a credit card or any of that nonsense. And you're going to get 10% off if you use the code, it's your show. One word, it's your show. we will get you 10% off your first purchase over there. And uh, squarespace.com slash back to work spelled out. Even just visiting that will support the, uh, the Merlin show, but
0: it's well your, and I always I want to do off. I want to do my periodic reminder that um Squarespace is probably it's. I think it's definitely worth looking at for anybody. Even if they are, even if you are a web developer, a developer, even if you are a GitHub jockey, it's still worth looking at Squarespace. But what I want to constantly remind people of: keep this top of mind. Is even if you decided it's not for you, please, please, please remember it's probably right for somebody you know. Right. So somebody out there who wants to do something uh, for their school or their church group or their new small business and they don't even know where to begin, just remember: like you may know how to do all the pulls and pushes and stuff like that, but those folks don't. And if you can you can spend an hour setting them up on Squarespace get, get get all their info in there get them their free domain name sign them up for a year they are going to have such an improved experience over having to try and find the kid who knows the password to the server oh, okay. th- that you got t- 10 years ago it's a it just really remember that there are people out there that really could benefit from this and uh, so please share that with people when you uh, encounter them They didn't tell us to say that Dan I, that's no. just my own thing yeah. you know what i'm saying i do yeah our thanks to uh, Squarespace for supporting Five by Five and Back to Work. Boom, Dan Benjamin, Bok, bok. <laughs> oh wonder, Have
1: you gotten complaints about the bok, Bach? From like like a litigious type complaints or?
0: Oh, you mean like a like a called like a C and D? Yeah, no, I haven't heard anything about that. Cough, cough, due to cold. Cough, due to cold. No, no, I just worry that uh, you know Linda's going to get on the horn one day and be mad that we're saying bok, bok. I'm not understanding. Maybe think we're making fun of her or something. We're not. Easter. No, yeah, Easter, no, Easter's no, Easter's coming.
1: Winter's. That's the tagline. <laughs> what's it called? Uh, Game of Pricks. Game of. What's yes. it called? Do you want to? You don't watch Game of. uh, uh
0: you know, I um, I uh, I've watched it. I got I watched up the point when there was a dragon at the end of the season, and that was pretty great. When they killed off that one guy that I like. Yeah, dragons are good. Yeah, yeah. Good. Good thing. Um, what's what's his name? Ra's Al Ghul? Well, who's the name of the Ra's one guy Al-Ghul. that with the.
1: Who, who? What's that guy's name? Yeah, that's him.
0: Cal Drogo. What's his
1: name? Yeah, Drogo. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. he's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Is he still alive? I can't. Have, sounds you sounds like you're seen not watching that that it either. No, I'm watching. It. I'm saying you can't if you don't know. I don't want to ruin it for you. We should talk about TV. That's what Let's we should talk go. about. Let's is TV. transition. Well, you know what? Let me let me say something slightly on
0: topic that I forgot to bring back uh, last week. We talked a couple weeks ago um, about email, and specifically about email apps, and I was asking, asking aloud, hmm. like what the options are, uh, particularly with regard to OS 10 on the desktop. Sure. Um, and um, I got a lot of good suggestions from people, uh, a lot of lame jokes, because that's what Twitter is for, yeah. but the thing that I heard from a lot of people, one that I have been looking at, MailMate. Right, MailMate, a lot of Did people suggested MailMate,
1: and they said it was the the OS 10 successor to Eudora or something. The- it's funny. Several people did actually say that. Yeah. Um, and uh, I
0: don't. I, I hope this doesn't sound like faint praise, but uh, I, I did have an old copy of it. I got a fresh copy of it and, and uh, loaded it up, and um, there was something comfortably old school about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the aesthetic yeah. and the, well, the uh, let me say just today that I you know I like the fact that OS 10 is you know, the stuff people make for it is much less cluttered than it used to be. I mean, opening up, like, preferences in BB Edit, you feel so overwhelmed. It's such right. an old-school approach. But it was kind of nice to open this thing up, and it didn't look antiquated by any means, but it was very comfortable. It looked like what I expect a Mac app of the last, you know, five or eight years to look like. Um, it does not have, like, a hip iOS aesthetic on any level. And, uh, and so I... I um I play with it a little bit. I got got my sea legs with it a little bit. And um, I set up uh, one or two of my folks that I'm working with. And we'll see how that goes. My peeps. Mm -hmm. But I did set it up on my own. Found it pretty easy to set up. Um, It's funny, though. Like, I am in such a bubble using Gmail. Because with Gmail, I never see, especially Gmail on the web, I never see things like that weird notification that it's suddenly downloading a thousand messages and you're not sure why. Yeah. You know what I mean? I see that a lot. Well, did we talk about this when we, a couple of weeks ago, but you know that I was reading somewhere, somebody was describing why IMAP on the one hand is, yeah, it's great. It's, it's so much better than pop in that, you know, it keeps everything organized in folders, but that IMAP is not very, it's not super smart about right. knowing what's changed. So it has to kind of like re index. It, yeah. It has to, I it guess has to re-index. Like look at got, everything. It, yeah. It doesn't have it's not doesn't have like I guess the same concept of like diffs. Like you couldn't just have a like when you think about it, you could have this big pile of text files on your Mac and one then one meta file that says hey these following lines changed in these following documents. You don't need to like read all these again, right? And I guess iMap doesn't have the sense of that. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I think it it well it it has a it understands if something's been read, it understands where it's where it's been put. But there is occasionally, at least I see this a lot on the Mac mail app. uh, It will, it will sort of, there there have been days where I will seem to not be getting any email and I'll quit the app and, you know, start it again, no change, reboot, start it, you know, and then, and then I'll look at my phone. Oh, there's 10 new emails right there in the last hour. I'll say, what's going on? You know, wow. And you've got to like rebuild the mailbox where it indexes. These seem to be problems that people with lots of, Lots of email or very active email accounts, they seem to experience these problems more than people who, uh, who don't have lots of email or get lots of email or process lots of email. Uh, I had guessed that it was corruption
0: or not being up to date, something, something being broken that needed to be like re-indexed or rebuilt or whatever. Right. But you can vacuum, guess, you can use the you know, vacuum, the local right, SQLite data. Envelopes. That yeah. seems to help. Yeah, I run that in Onyx, even though I don't use Mail app. Just um, want to be clean. I like to be clean. The desert—it's hot out there. <laughs> um, so, um, but but you know, I'll, I'll report back when I learn more about uh, MailMate. I I yeah. um yeah, you know, I think if I could get it's it's not cheap. It's forty nine dollars. It is as we say a sustainable price, right? Uh, but there is a free thirty day download. You can go to f r e Freeron, f r e r o n dot com. And just in my anecdotal observation, uh, that's the app that the most people, I think, amongst our listeners, really recommend it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like you say, kind of like Eudora, it looks like it's, I'm um, just looking at the website here, a couple things. Uh small thing, I guess, it's got built-in Markdown support. So if you like to write in Markdown, as I do, it has that right built in. Um, I also have an extension for Gmail on Chrome that does that but this is built right in but the the beauty part seems to be the searching and the smart mailboxes yeah. it, it ships with a bunch of smart mailboxes that are really interesting so if that's the way that you know you know, if you're one of those filers well you don't really have to file anymore they can take care of all that for you mm-hmm. so that's uh, just a little bit of follow up mailmate at f-r-e-r-o-n dot com thank you for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work bach <laughs> bach I that's wish they true. would do
1: that that'd be good they
0: should do that shame on them yeah I know hmm yeah see the audience isn't here so no they're I don't here they're back we're live now what yeah. i didn't know that why was i not informed well i mean you hmm. do the same show whether we're live or not i don't know i think i have a different mental model Ooh. Hmm. I, have, I have a mental supermodel. see now i'm trying to get laughs Ugh. It's sickening it changes your game when you know that you're Mm, It's a game changer for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I looked at other ones, but you know, uh, uh, just the final bit on this, uh, I'm still surprised that a little perplexed. Um, I mean, there are definitely things you can use for mail that aren't mail.app, but there's not that many that tick all the boxes I needed, which is it needs to work with Gmail and iCloud and IMAP. Like there are some that are, you know what I mean. Like there, there are some that will do Gmail and some that will do iCloud and some that don't do IMAP. Like Mailbox
1: doesn't do IMAP. Did you know that Mailbox doesn't? Yes, I remember hearing that, and that was it's people a, were very upset about that. And then I, th- I think I remember reading that uh that people, you know, the re- they had re- legitimate reasons that they didn't do that, and it came down to uh you know the, the different implementations of yeah, map yeah. and that's what
0: i hear yeah there's a, a, a really complicated hack where if you really really want it you can wait there was one wait there was one that didn't run oh i know what it was it was like to use hovermail you had to like turn on pop as well as IMAP or something. There's like this whole crazy system for trying to do it. But anyway, it's, it's not as, there's not as many, I'll say to you what I said to my friends, which is, uh, first of all, I said to them, I apologize because (laughs) this stuff feels harder to use today than it did when there were, I mean, back in the day. Yeah. I mean, it, it really actually feels, and then not even getting into stuff like two-factor authentication, what, you know, which password do I put in here? How do I do this? How do I know what how this is wrong or whether it's wrong? That kind of stuff is more confusing. Um, I mean, thank God we have those things, but like it, what I said was, like, you know, I, I'm sorry because I think this is the kind of thing that you, would have been easier to solve in some ways 15 years ago. It is kind of harder now. And then, you know, I also just <laughs> I felt like I feel like I should apologize just on behalf of Apple's mail.app. Cuz now I mean once you start asking people about it you really start hearing some stories about especially the stability
1: and the performance. Yeah, it's um it's it's strange to me because I remember, you know, lo- long 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 time ago, uh you know we just we did not have we did not have operating systems that came with applications like mail. Mail was a third party app, right? you know? Um,
0: Yeah. I mean, you had to buy or download an email app. Like you had to go find something open source or a commercial.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Like that was not part of it. Forget a web browser. We didn't have the web, you know, but like you had, Mm -hmm. of course you had to go get a a web browser from somewhere else, but like we didn't, you know, so Eudora became this thing that we, uh, that we would download and install. And on windows, it was the same way. And that was just kind of the, the, what you expected. And then when Apple came out with, uh, with OS10 it's like well we we need a mail app here and right. we had one over on next OS so here's here it is and it was a very different kind of uh kind of an experience i think for a lot of people uh but now of course like you wouldn't you of course you would expect there to be uh, an application like that 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 does your email. I mean, you would of course Well, have yeah.
0: That. Let's let's say the the you know the kind of obvious crazy thing, which is that I it feels like today, uh, and boy, this this has changed probably two or three times even in the last eight eight or so years, seven or so years. But there there it feels like there are so many more options, like good options even for so many things. There's so many more options on iOS than OS 10 which is a, a world I never could have imagined. I don't know right. if that's accurate, but that's how it feels. I mean, you know, in the post-Google Reader time, like, think about how many uh, apps were built for iOS first and then maybe got an OS ten desktop version. Or, but, you know, I mean, there's a lot where you're just kind of expected to use it in a browser. I mean, podcast apps, another example. I mean, are, are there any really, really, really great podcast apps that are built for OS X first? No. I mean, that might sound silly because people think a podcast is something you listen to on a phone. But like, you know, it was a pretty big deal when Instacast came out with a desktop uh, client. Oh yeah, for their first, you know, their iOS first app. But um, yeah, and you know, all of that would be less frustrating if it felt like. And I'm going to shut up after this because this is getting boring. But you no, know, it's not. It, I mean,
1: it, I think these are people. <laughs> seriously, I think this is what people tune in for in a lot of
0: ways. Okay, imagine this universe. Imagine a universe where you go, there's this one company over here that's making this uh, suite of productivity apps for, for, for where you work, and they're kind of buggy, and they're not really updated very often, and they're not, they're not super efficient and reliable. And then there's this other company over here that's really doing yeoman's work and trying to do something new and interesting with those uh productivity apps and are getting like pretty rave reviews from nerds for uh the success of their desktop productivity products. So in in every other universe since I've been aware of it yeah. at least since the mid 90s that first company would have been Microsoft and the second company would have been Apple. Right. Right. Cuz you know Microsoft oh, they're the ones that make that increasingly difficult thing with all the the bars on it, and Apple, wow, they're the one who makes this thing that just works. Well, look what just happened in the last like month or so. People are still trying to open pages documents <laughs> and finding that it won't work with a certain version of pages and features get taken out and it's confusing and unstable, and maybe you're i don't I don't know I mean, how is iCloud for documents like that? Is it pretty good?
1: I mean I I I guess I don't really use iCloud at all for that, that's anything.
0: The, granted, that's the service. But then on the other hand, I see all my friends, I see Jason Snow and all these other folks talking about how great this uh, release of Office looks. The new <laughs> the new version of Microsoft Office.
1: Yeah have, you, yeah, have you have you looked at it? I have. I I, I won't I won't say that it looks great, uh, but it's it's definitely it 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 looks flat. It looks like something that uh, Google made. It, but
0: a lot of people that I, where I feel like I was surprised to hear from them were not only getting it's incredibly
1: it, slow. It's the slowest app oh, I've really? ever launched. It's Photoshop makes this thing, uh, you know. I mean, Photoshop, the new Photoshop Creative Cloud stuff is fine. And uh, and I, I was expecting. I, I mean, I'm talking about on a 27 inch iMac. Yeah. It's my primary, like, the machine I use to, like, do software development and, uh, you know, primarily I do, like, Rails stuff. But still, like, you know, that's the the main machine. And when we I edit podcasts myself or do video stuff, that's the machine I'm using. It's fine. Uh, you launch Word, just go get a cup of coffee. Like, it's ridiculous. Wow. It's like when I remember, do you remember Word 2.0 on the Mac? And it was fine. It worked great. It was Relatively I remember stable.
0: Word, what was the? They came out with six, and six word was like five. Ugh. Word five was what I kept using for as long as my computer was able to use it. Because word six, it had all, like dozens of extensions that it install, installed. It was so slow. Yeah, and doing the most basic stuff on there. So, so my analogy, or you know, trying to be clever here, is probably way off because it sounds like it's not any particular catch. I guess I was just surprised that a lot of my friends, who I do not perceive as Microsoft fans or apologists, Or, or even users, like we're really excited to see something happening in that area. Um, In particular, I think people said they like PowerPoint. Like that seemed really weird to hear that. Yeah. But I mean, keynote. I mean, keynote feels like a real moving target at this point with the the features that are in, the features that are out, and it's. I don't know. It's weird. I mean, there's nothing too much to say here, but
1: you You know, keynote. (sighs) I remember uh, for a lot of people. Pages first came out, and it's like, oh, good. Now we have a, a native word processor. That's nice. It can kind of read Word documents without completely destroying them. But Keynote came out, and you are like, wait a minute. This is what Steve Jobs uses for those non-PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. To- oh, I like that. That's kind of cool. And for me, Keynote was like oh, the killer uh, I mean, app.
0: And pa- Power- I totally agree. And Keynote was also great because it did lots of – Lots of things that are are kind of difficult to do. First of all, it was very simple and very, well, when I say simple, I I mean that as a tremendous compliment to the hard work of the people who made it. It was extremely well organized and there was, you know, they were really good at using the inspector in particular Mm -hmm. to have all kinds of stuff where if you didn't need to see it, it wasn't in your face. Right. And you could focus on doing one certain kind of work modally without other stuff wanting to get in your way. So for example, like you go into that mode, there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of great modality to keynote. Like if you want to go in and see slide view, you can just mess around in slide view and do stuff in there. outline yeah. mode. You could write, yeah. you could write in outline mode, right? And all that, all that modality was really powerful and yet really simple. And then it added the polish of, you know, like some of the transitions and stuff could be pretty subtle. I mean, <laughs> you don't want to overdo the flame, but, but some of those animations and stuff were pretty amazing. <laughs> Um, but then on top of it all, it, it it discouraged crappiness in a way that you could not say of PowerPoint. Yeah. Like PowerPoint used to, I feel like it used to be when you opened up PowerPoint, it was like a purple background with yellow letters in like kind of a, a goofy type mm-hmm. face. Like maybe, I don't know if it was even Times. But like there was, it, you always felt like, well, here we go, here goes another PowerPoint deck. I just guess I'll just type and type and type and type. But like Keynote kind of wanted you to make something pretty. Like in the templates that it came with, really encourage you to up your game and be more visual. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's, I mean, gosh, what do you say? They, that changed the way a lot of us do presentations because it, that was an app that clearly
1: expected more of us. Oh, that's a really good way to, to put it too. But it really, if you think about just the the days of PowerPoint and, and Tufty like cracking down on PowerPoint saying PowerPoint's terrible, you know, doing, doing something where, uh, where, where, I mean, finding Keynote as an application Really changed the way that it kind of we went from these slides that were these heavy slides with 50 bullet points we were talked to the slide and then it eventually became uh, these very elegant, minimal slides that had one word on them or a picture, you know, that it really changed the way that we were. Pages didn't change the way that anybody worked in a in a what I would say an incredibly positive way. In other words, it wasn't like wow, Pages lets me do these things I could never do before, or in a better way. Pages is fine, Numbers is fine, Excel is still better, uh, but Keynote was like the the killer app. But as far as like iCloud, the service and doing all this stuff, like I see, I know people who've got you know they're answering calls on their uh, on their phone with con- uh, on their computer with Continuity, and they've got everything shared, everything's in the cloud. It's not like Dropbox is essentially my cloud. That's where the documents that I work on on different computers live. Um, I'm I'm not embedded in the ecosystem in in the way that I think I would need to be to really appreciate all of these different features that that are there. That people, you know, you mentioned Jason Snellen. And, uh, and Renee Ritchie and people like that who very much live in, you know, they're using their iPad. They edit something there. They walk over to their computer. There it is. They're reading it later on their iPhone. They're doing dictation into their iPhone, into a pages document for the thing that their article that they're working on. And there it is on their computer when they sit back down. Like that's the future. That's the way the future, that's what we want. But for me, it's not, uh, and, and, and really hasn't been uh, a practical reality.
0: Yeah. And for me, that is, that is still mostly Dropbox. There are some things I do, um, that work okay. I mean, like I have to say, I think it's, it's so weird. This is a kind of a John Syracuse esque point, I guess, but it's when we, you know, it's not unusual at all, even or especially inside of Apple to have a brand name or, you know, a, a brand identity. Yeah. For something like along the lines of like the way people are going to start using force touch now, right? But like, what is iCloud? What is iCloud? I mean, <laughs> iCloud is so many different things, yeah. so many different services, so many different, I guess, even protocols. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, is syncing your contacts? I mean, is that, I don't think there's like one app running <laughs> at Apple that right. syncs your contacts <laughs> and does your uh, preferences for iOS. Uh, apps and is remembering. I mean, I, it's, that's so many different things and is, uh, you know, storing your documents. And, you know, I mean, it just seems like there's so many different moving parts to that that even calling it iCloud sounds silly because it really is seemingly probably almost half a dozen different kinds of services that are working together. And, you know, whether one is working well in a given context, it has nothing to do mostly with how the other ones are doing. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, um, I think. I have, I don't. I, you know what? I don't have an. I don't have an up to up to date Mac, so I don't use a lot of that stuff. I mean, so far, stuff like having my iPad go off when the phone rings is mostly confusing to yeah, me. Yeah, confusing and, and and angers you a little. And bit. And I get I get handoff. This is the weird. Now this is really weird because I have we have several iOS devices, but in particular, I have an iPad and an and a, um, iPhone inside the same house, like inside the same office, like on the same network, mm-hmm. and. I've had like a, a handoff icon appear like twice ever. I think. Like, I don't. I'm not sure. Maybe I need to be using different apps or something. I get it when I go to the mall. My phone practically lights up with all these different things. So, hey, wow! Bank of America is somewhere. That's amazing. Right? Oh, there's, there's, there's a Safeway somewhere. Oh my god! Thank you, phone. <laughs> Bank of America you can, is can, somewhere. Yeah, you can go there. <laughs> yeah, find offers. it. And get over it. Get special there. offers. <laughs> Oh, God damn. We did it again. What? <sighs> we did something good? No, I mean, now we're, you know, uh, somebody's going to write a think piece about us probably. No, nah, no one does. No one does. It's just because you hate your life. <laughs> Can I just point out one thing about no. people that I love? Go my ahead, dear, Go. dear, dear, wonderful friends. the First time Appler, My dear, dear friends on the internet. I, I think it is sweet. And, and I think it is funny that they get so frustrated and they shake their heads over all these people who don't like hardware that hasn't come out yet. Mm. And they, they find that. So they go, I can't believe all these people filed away for clam chowder or whatever. Claim chowder. <laughs> there are all these people who don't like this thing that hasn't come out. Well, you know, one thing you got to say is that, you know, Apple pessimists have always been wrong. It's like, so all of those people who don't, own the unreleased hardware are dummies. But everybody who's really excited about figuring out which 350 to $17,000 watch they're going to buy mm. that isn't out yet are on the right side of history. Doesn't that seem kind of odd? Yeah. Like, you know, what? There's how many like 100, 200 people in the public that have even seen one of these things? Right but they're on the right side of history because they've read a bunch of stuff about it and watched a video. And like, then all the other people who were like, you know, I'm not really sure I have a place for that in my life for being dicks. Like I I don't, that doesn't add up for me, but you know, that's, that's what people will applaud along with. So I don't know. I'm content to be the karma suck. I, you know, and uh, there's things about it that look, you know, fine, fine. I wish they'd, uh, make iPhoto load faster. That would be nice.
1: Well, the new photos uh, is supposed to be very... If you have that operating system,
0: and to have that All operating right. system, you have to have the up-to-date computer, mm-hmm. so as long as you're willing to keep ponying up for whatever you need this year, you'll mm-hmm. be fine. Like, are you know, are you going to be buying any Thunderbolt cables anytime soon? Yeah, did not that suck? <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. I don't even own anything with Thunderbolt on it. I think I might. I might own something. Like I a got a couple monitor. things. I, gotta, I But mean, I mean, I'm not even that caught up yet. I'm not even caught up to what's just been obsolescenced. Uh, and and I'm like, wait a minute. I thought that was supposed to be the answer to all these things. Well, it doesn't know what this chip said. Uh, okay, so how do you run that monitor? Guy, that that computer is not for somebody trying to do that kind of thing. Well, then I am officially old because it wasn't so many years ago that that was all supposed to work with all kinds of stuff for almost everybody. And right. that was the beauty of it. It's one thing to make you buy new cables for your iPhone every three years, but like it's another thing to just go like, "Oh, that that thing that monitor you got? No, that's
1: that's not going to work. That's just weird to me. That's so weird to me." Now well, every, everything is you know, and I, I, I just talked to Andy this morning about oh, right, yeah uh, about you know like the new MacBook Pro, or MacBook not Pro, <laughs> the MacBook Prime, the Prime, the <laughs> the twelve you know the twelve inch with the single port on it which and, looks amazingly innovative no question oh i love that and the idea of you know having just the one thing you charge it and then if if you know god forbid you need to dock to a screen uh you know you just need three or four dongles to do that three or four adapters to do that it's you know it's right, very but much, then an asterisk footnote but that's not really what it's for right it's not for that and it, yeah. but the weird thing is You would think that the computer that Apple would make that would be not for that would be the 11-inch Air that's here that has two USB ports. The newer ones have an SD card. It's got a headphone jack. It's got a Thunderbolt jack. No, no, no. That's the cheap one, Dan. That's the cheap one. Right. (laughs) (laughs) The one that has all the all all that stuff on it, the stuff? Yeah. Like, that doesn't make sense that that thing with a, you know, that's the one that has all the ports on it. Like, I could understand if they're like, all of our portable computers, except the MacBook Pro, all of those. Well, they won't have. Uh, they won't have any. They'll just have this one port. Can you can type it really, away on those scissor mechanisms like an animal. See, I've heard weird things about the keyboard too. Yeah,
0: I, Jason Snell has talked and written about it a lot already, and it's, it sounds like the keyboard is a question mark that's going to depend on how you like to type. And how you can relearn to type, mm-hmm. but that the uh, the for, every single person who's seen the Force Touch things says it's absolutely amazing, and mm-hmm. I, I, that looks very exciting to me. But I'm sorry, I cut you off. You and Andy were talking about this.
1: No, I was just saying that he's you know he he was talking about it the same way that 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 you are now, isn't in that this is a specific computer for a specific person, and it's not uh it's not necessarily the thing that that people like us want or will have. We talked
0: about this in the After
1: Dark last week, which you know if
0: you if you like this kind of uh, annoying pundit talk, I would say go back and listen to the last After Dark, but you know we talked about this. It's I mean I I can hold two very different ideas in my head and still get by okay. And and one of the ideas in my head is my god, what an amazing piece of creativity, aesthetics and engineering that that uh yeah. that book is. Yeah. If if somebody showed that to you, in 2000, 2001, 2002, you, you just be like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. Like this is, this is like science fiction. Why is it, there's one port on here? Where do you put the floppy? Like it would seem completely mind blowing. And that's why I continue to say, okay, if you're heading off to college where you're going to have wireless everywhere and your parents, uh, bought you lots of, you know, connectivity to have with your phone, lots of, you know, wireless, you'll probably be fine if you turn the screen down a little bit and you'll probably get through a day of doing whatever you need to do, you're going to be listening to streaming services, not, uh, iTunes. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. All of the kinds of use cases external monitor. Really in my dorm room, you think I have room for like a 24 inch monitor? No, I do not. So I, I continue to say like, if you are a 17 year old kid and you open up a box with that MacBook in it, you're going to have a really good couple of years. Cause that's that's pretty much in the pocket for what you would want. You pop it in a backpack, it weighs a little more than an iPad, right? But then there's everybody else. <laughs> so on the one hand, I can very happily hold that idea in my head of going, my God, we picked the right horse with Apple. Isn't it amazing what they're capable of? Like, what they're capable of making is like something from another universe. And I, I can have that thought in my head, you guys, all my pals. Hey, hi, remember me? I love Max too. <laughs> but then on the other, there's the other part of me that goes like, ugh, like... <laughs> What you know? What about the rest of us? Like, what? Uh, I don't know. It just seemed like for a while you could go out and get a MacBook Pro, mm-hmm. and it seemed like every year or so there was more amazing stuff that you could do with a MacBook Pro, right? And you could just count on that to be a thing. And that was that was the way the wind was blowing. Was that these chips were getting smaller, things were getting more efficient, we could fit our battery into here. But like, you could have a machine. I remember even I want to say in the build and analyze days, but it wasn't so long ago that the idea of Running Xcode on a laptop would seem like a pretty risky proposition. Mm-hmm. But how many people today are, are like running, like they're doing their development on a MacBook Pro? Yeah, sure. But and it's they not can, a weird thing can. at all. But like, do, do, is that... For air. They do it on their Air. You think that's going to still be doable in two years? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's funny. It seems like there was about five minutes where you could confidently feel like you could really edit a podcast on your laptop. I, mm-hmm. I know people do... But it used to be you didn't have enough power where you didn't have enough disk space. Right. And then you got the power and you got the disk space. But now, how are you going to hook stuff up to it? Because that's, I imagine that's going to flip on that little fan thing pretty hard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you're lucky enough to have fan. No, I mean, I think I'm with you. And I, 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 whenever people ask me, like, what, what's your main computer? What's well, this 11 inch MacBook Air? And I'm not compiling huge binaries. I'm not doing, you know, daily builds of a very complicated application. I'm doing, like, Rails development and writing and some design and, you know, podcast editing. And I've even done video editing on this. It's slower. It's not the recommended platform for doing Final Cut Pro stuff. Right. But, like, it works. It's fine. I would never make it my main computer, but... When I dock this thing with, uh, with a, an Apple display, it's perfectly fine to use. Like, it's a decent computer to use. And I know plenty of designers who are using the 13-inch uh, MacBook Pro or even the 13-inch MacBook Air as their primary thing. And if they're a little bit patient, if they're not incredibly jumpy, then it works fine. I'm still using... Um, my, my laptop
0: is a MacBook... What do I have? Yeah, I got a MacBook, MacBook Air, right? Yeah. yeah. That's a good one. That I bought in November of 2010. And the battery is hyper-screwed. Like, it, it, I don't get more than two or three hours out of it. And mm. it's actually constantly it's got the service battery thing. I'm well past the 50% mark of how many charges this thing is supposed to ever hold. Oh, right, right. So I don't know if I can even get that fixed. But the truth is, that thing is still a champ. It's Mm -hmm. still, like, it's what, it's what I use to do everything from home that I need to do, including like VPN stuff. And it works just fine on that whatever 13-inch screen. Is that right? Probably 13. And uh, my daughter uses it like hours every day to print out paper craft stuff to cut up. My wife uses it for work for her email. We all, we just have accounts on there and it works great. That five-year-old computer, the MacBook Air, the, the, the Mac that used to be the one you could fr- literally fry an egg on, slowly, but could fry an egg on. Like by, what, two, three years later, they had gotten to that. And I, now I know today, obviously, it's it's even more amazing. But that's Mavericks. Mavericks on uh, a 2010 MacBook Air still works great for me. Yeah. yeah. Which it seems improbable today that I can even get away with that. Uh, so I, I could put Yosemite on there, pretty reluctant to, just because it works the way it is now. Yeah. You know, five or six years ago, I wouldn't have. I would have. I would have gone and, with the ADC account. I would have gone and gotten the betas. But <laughs> that's a different world now. But I'm very, I'm very happy with that thing. I just, I don't know. It's, 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 it's strange because you know, you know, you know when things I think officially got weird is when the trash can Mac Pro came out because all of us, uh, I mean, you know, I had, I don't need that kind of power, but watching people like hearing people like Marco and John Syracuse to talk about what they wanted out of a Mac like that when that came out. And on the one hand, once again, you have to marvel at the engineering on it, Yeah. but that's not what we typically think of as a powerful tower computer. You know, like you say, everything's got to be external. Um, I mean, how much can you really configure in that thing yourself?
1: No, well, I have one and not, not really, and not really anything. Um, It's, um, you know, it, it is, it is a little round tower. And if you want to have stuff connected to it, then you, it's like you said, it's like, it's external. So everything is now external. So instead of having one kind of bigger, heavier machine sitting under the desk, you know, have one small, awesome looking machine surrounded by a spider web of external <laughs> devices and <unsightly> like
0: cables. <laughs> yeah.
1: So like, you know, if Apple's goal of getting rid of the cables, well, they did that. It was it was called the Mac Pro. And now the new Mac Pro is is cables upon cables upon cables. And you know, we use it for like our video stuff and video switching. And we've got all these other and I'll tell you I'll tell you something you I never used to run into. And I know this is a, what, what you would call an edge case or corner case. Hmm. Um, but you know, we've got these, uh, basically we have the, the cameras that have an output of HDMI. So you run the HDMI cables from the camera into these, they're called black magic intensity devices, boxes, cards, different people call them different things, but basically they connect with Thunderbolt cables to the Mac pro and you have one of them for each of the cameras that you have. That makes sense, right? It converts HDMI into Thunderbolt, and that right. lets your software on the Mac see it, and then you mm-hmm. can record or switch and do things like that. They work really well, and they're over Thunderbolt, and they uh, they only have one uh, Thunderbolt. They don't, you know, most Thunderbolt devices have like a pass through. So if you get a Thunderbolt Drobo, you could connect another Thunderbolt device to the to the second Drobo port. So it's essentially letting you daisy chain it. Uh, these these take up so much bandwidth of of the Thunderbolt port that they don't. You just that's it. It terminates there. It ends there which is fine, but here's this. Here's the stupid thing. Every time you restart, reboot, power up this machine, all of the uh, external HDMI devices that you've got plugged in, they come up in a different order. So let's say you go into your software and you say, okay, shot number one is... You uh, mean like in, in swim lanes, they come up out of order? Yeah. So like you might, you might wow. go into Wirecast, for example, and say, shot one, that's me. Shot two is the studio guest. Shot three is the room camera, whatever. When you reboot they'll be in a different order and they when you launch Wirecast again or whatever your software is they'll you'll have to reassign those every single time that you do that because it's come up in a different order Yikes. and people will say oh it's based on the bus that you have it plugged in no it's not it doesn't matter which bus it's plugged into they they're all can be in a different bus the same bus no rhyme or reason to it little things like that that they they never happened when i had the PCI versions of those cards in the old school Mac Pro little things like that that just And now and plus now I've got these four boxes sitting outside of the machine and I've got an external drive because I couldn't throw internal drives into it. And I've got that we don't have an audio input jack anymore. So I have to have a USB device that's connected to do the audio input. I mean, it's it's weird that this is the direction that we've gone in. It almost makes the PC industry look sane in a way, (laughs) Uh, you know, the, the Chromebook Pixel obviously is not usable for me because it can't run software locally, which I do so much of, but it makes more sense to see just one port on a machine like that, because all you really can do with it is kind of charge from it, you know? Yeah. It's a weird direction that I don't understand. I understand the iPhones. I understand the watch. I understand, you know, but, but there's some things now that just don't, they, and maybe I'm not just not on board with Apple's worldview and I need to be, but I'm, I'm trying well it's It feels very
0: unpopular right now to want to have this conversation, which is part of the reason I like having the conversation um, it, and it's there there seems to be um, a kind of conventional wisdom, which is Apple knows what 's good for us now and in the future so if you 're not sure about what it is that you need to do for a living, just keep watching what Apple does because they'll they 'll let you know yeah which right. on a certain level like I buy like uh, I buy that they are visionaries Mm -hmm. with an extraordinary ability to execute on whatever idea they decide is important. And the two problems with that is that I really disagree on what they think is important. And I'm extremely worried about the stuff that they don't think is important because if they really cared about it, those things would be getting thinner (laughs) and better. (laughs) I mean, they want everything. They want great materials and everything to be thin. I could care less. Um, I, I want these certain kinds of things to work really well. I want, I want my Apple TV to stop timing out and getting disconnected from the internet and not working until I restart pretty much everything I own. Right. I want that to stop. Um, and so that's not a, but that's not a priority for them. So I'm, I'm the one who's out of step because I'm sitting here and whining about this thing that's been a problem for so long that it's become boring. Wasn't well, that, isn't that a strange thing? Isn't it a strange thing that uh, iOS 7 was so borked for so long that people eventually got bored talking about how completely unprofessionally unpolished it was? Mm. Isn't that a strange thing? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the conversation that I think is worth having is, like, what 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 career do they think we're going to be having with these increasingly smaller and tinier things? And you know what? I have to tell you, it would even be another world if there was a whole line of Mac Pros that were configurable or if there were a whole line of MacBook Pros that, we could see we're moving in a direction that would just let us do more and more powerful things. It's just that I'm not sure um sometimes I really feel like their stuff is is not for me and that's not a bad thing, but it's something I have to be aware well, of. Well,
1: it's it's a surprising thing because it's you know I, <clears throat> if you think for the longest time we you me and people uh like us were the target demographic for Apple. Like, they were making stuff for us. And of course, yes, that's okay. They we were other- happily happily paid all, all, <laughs> all along the way. Right. And they, no, Apple does not owe us anything. They don't, uh, you know, they, they don't need to reward us for our years of loyalty. They just want to make products that the majority of the people in the world will want to use. That's a good consumer-focused company. And every company who's making things should make the kind of stuff that a lot of people will want. So I just, it, it, I think the feeling that I'm feeling is, wow, after using Apple stuff for 20 years and knowing that year after year, the thing that they were going to come out with uh, worked for me and was targeted at me. And I don't feel like, you know, my needs have grown, but they're not so different than they were three, four, five, ten 10 years ago. I'm doing different things now, but I'm the same guy basically. Um All Right. You know, the, now, though, these things are different. They have they have changed. And uh, what's changed isn't what I like and the stuff that I do. And it's not that I haven't evolved along with the world. Like I have an iPhone and I like the cool things that are coming out. Meerkat. Yeah. But uh, like, the, I don't seem like I'm Apple's target demographic. But here's the thing that I'll tack on to that is. I don't know anyone who is. That's you- exactly
0: the point. All right.
1: That's exact. that's exactly my point is
0: that it's not, and, and, you know, when you started in the way you were, hmm, someone's horn is going off. I hear it. Um, I, uh, it's not even something where I feel like, uh, I'm, I'm it isn't like I'm saying like, oh, I'm mad because Apple's not, um, perfectly and economically servicing whatever it is I do for a living. I'm not even, I'm not even saying that. Um, right. I don't, I, um, and you know what? I don't even. I don't even want to sound like a karma stuck about people who are excited about watches. I mean, I'm glad you're happy. That's that. That's good. And I mean that's good that you're excited. It's just there is something really alternately unreflective and cherry-picky about a lot of people's discussion of this stuff today yeah. that I, that I, that's that that to me is troubling because I feel like there is always this I feel like this constant like umbrella of like really above average intelligence people who are constantly trying to stop the conversation if it starts to feel like you are you know if you are um perfidious about about your trust of apple it's not even a right. love of apple it's like how dare you have a thought of your own about this right. and the success of this right. like wh- why are you being like that and it's like my god i i i hope we all get to a point where we feel like we can question almost anything that happens with the world's most successful company and not have it reflect on our personality like so freaking weird right
1: dan um tell me about something you like I can tell you about an, another company that we like. It's uh Linda L Y N
0: Linda. The aforementioned Lin- Linda
1: Linda. Hello. We, don't want, uh, we do not want to make Linda angry. No. Okay. Linda. It's Mr. Bunny. A book. A book. <laughs> it's Linda. L Y N D A Linda. Dot com slash back to work spelled out back to work. That, uh, that's a great place to get started. If you want to learn some stuff, because, that's what Linda is all about. They make really, really great videos. They've got over three thousand of them, uh, and the videos that they make—they're—they're they're made by people who are out there in the industry, whatever the industry is, doing stuff. If you want to learn how to, you know, we mentioned Final Cut Pro. You want to learn how to use Final Cut Pro. You want to learn how to uh, how to how to make a better presentation. You want to learn GTD. You want to learn Photoshop. You want to be a better photographer. Uh, all of these things are there and they're taught by the pros. They're taught by people who know exactly what they're doing because they do it for a living. And Linda taps those people and says, Hey, come do a really awesome video over here. And they do it. And, uh, what what's really cool. And I think worth mentioning about this kind of thing is it, these videos are not these like hours and hours long, intensive courses that you like. You, it's more like, oh, I want to understand how to do a transition from this shot to this shot. Well, they'll have a video on it. It'll be 10 minutes. They'll be like, yeah, here you go. Here's how to do it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like like one of the things that, that we've been doing here with the more video, I'm trying to find like what's the best application to use for video editing because maybe it's not Final Cut Pro anymore. Maybe it's, you know, Adobe. Maybe it's Avid. Maybe it's or Avid. I'm sorry if I'm saying that. Avid, no. as you say. Yeah. So I don't know that I really want to go and spend time like trying to download or buy Avid or Adobe, I would rather see is Premiere the right thing. You can go and watch the videos and you can watch like the intro to Premiere video and it will show you like five or 10 minutes long of this is how to do stuff. In Premiere. Well, I haven't had yeah. to buy any software, or download it and then install and uninstall. it. It's just, I get to see a pro who's showing me around the software and say, yeah, this is for me. And I, I think I will try this. Can I say one thing I like? Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I have not looked at hundreds and hundreds of these videos, but in the time that, that I've looked at Lindo, the, the thing that amazes me is understanding, and I don't know how you manage this with so many different people doing so many different kinds of videos, but I feel like the ones that I've spent time with were really good at understanding how much you know about the thing that you're about to learn, mm. which sounds weird, maybe. But one of the signs of a great teacher is that they understand not only understand the material, they understand how to relate the material based on where you are in terms of your expertise. Right. And the, what I like the videos treat you like an adult. It isn't on the one hand like they're trying to overwhelm you with with uh, with how smart they are about Python or whatever, but but it also it's not just that insipid. Now let's go through, over these three steps again and again and again. Right, stuff. Right, right. And really, it feels cumulative. Where like if you've gotten to if they this this is that kind of video. You're going to learn this thing. And they, they treat you like
1: an adult, like, an, yeah. like a smart adult. They're, yeah.
0: they're very polished, but they're also – they're not condescending.
1: Not at all. And they, uh, They're just going to have to run with that. You, you, well, yeah, that means they're, it's their show. <laughs> but you, you can basically go and download this stuff. You download it to your iOS you, you know device, your phone, your, your, uh, your tablet, your Android device. You can watch it on your computer. Watch these things as many times as you want as often as you want because it's, it's a subscription service and you get access to every single video that they have. So if you want to start, you get a free 10 days. If, if you use the URL, I mentioned lynda.com slash back to work, uh, you'll get a free 10 days. You can learn a lot in 10 days and it'll give you a really good idea if the service is, is right for you. Uh, it's a great way to learn stuff. So go to that URL, lynda.com slash back to work, try it out, support the show and uh, learn something in the process. Thanks very much to Linda for supporting back to work with Merlin Man.
0: Pock, pock. that's
1: nice yeah good good people
0: <sighs> good people good, good service people. well you know every every week we get a little bit more out of our system yeah it's a cleanse it's like yeah. a
1: weekly cleanse
0: oh yeah yeah absolutely Ooh, you it know? feels
1: good yeah mm. feels really good
0: well dan thanks for uh thanks for recording on a uh on a non-standard day i yeah. appreciate it
1: no, i love that i'll yeah. do that any, anytime you want i'll switch days
0: I don't like to do that too often because I, I I have I have a real Tuesday feeling to the show. Yeah, no, it's it's. Um, I didn't used to have
1: a Tuesday feeling, and then you you gave me that Tuesday feeling. Well, Monday Monday is uh, Roderick, and Tuesday is uh, the other one. You don't know that. Well, that's what you told me. No, yeah, that's true. It's true. Okay, let's put this up. All right, I love you. Love you too, Merlin man.